0: Chapter 6 Ninanaba, The Eyes of the Enemy. Ninanaba found kindness in taking care of the sheep and goats. It was when she was out with her flock, as well as her mother's, that she felt close to her daughters. The sound of their voices, the way they looked, their laughter all came back to her more easily. On the first day that Nananabat followed their large herd of sheep, tears flowed freely down her face. The memory of her daughters became clear, and she could see them in the hills, in the clouds, in the sky, and in the bushes and trees. Hashkehithnapa was very concerned, but understood that his wife was doing all she could to remain strong. She knew more of what she needed to keep from giving up on life, a life without their daughters. He knew his grief could never match that of Nananabas, and that she had carried their daughters for nine months before they were born. She was one with them before they were born. He had to love their mother to keep her strong. The summer was a time of healing for Nananaba. In the season in which all life is free to grow, her soul began to become one with her body once again. One day, as Ninanaba was making preparations to follow their flock of sheep early in the morning, Hashkeh noticed a peace he had not seen for a long time begin to settle on his beautiful wife. He watched Ninanaba as she prepared the wool she planned to spend that day while watching their sheep. She placed the wool in a little bundle, tucked the spindle in the bundle, and tied it to the small rug upon which she sat while she watched the sheep graze. Ninanaba was beginning to respond to her husband's gentle touch once again. He had been very patient with her, knowing her silent torture he knew the sheep and goats were unifying them once again, and he was grateful. Hashke Ba silently worried about her safety, but their agreement was that she was not to allow their flock to wander very far from their home. But then again, he reasoned, she was not alone when she went after the sheep, because there were other women who joined her to watch their own flocks and there were children who went along too. They all kept one another company. It was early in the fall, and Hashkeh Bas' tender summer crops began to mature. This was a sign that meant everyone was needed for the harvesting of the Da'keh cornfield. Just as important, the early fall harvest signified the beginning of Hashkeh Bas' leadership as one of the war leaders for his region. Hashkehith Naba hated the thought of leaving his beautiful Ninanaba at home, but these were turbulent times for the Nabehu. The many enemies of the Nabehu were a constant threat, and Hashkehith Naba had much to teach the young man about war strategies. His presence was needed during the leadership gatherings. The peace leaders were ready to lay aside their planting tools and were cleansing themselves of their leadership duties now that fall was approaching. Knowing the enemy and learning about their enemy's war tactics were important for the survival of the Nabejo, and so the leadership gatherings for the war leaders were even more important. The war leaders were now required to keep a distance between themselves and and their wives, Haskehirhnabah wanted to be near his sweet Nananabaha, even before he was to take leadership. He found he was already missing her. He would have to admire her from a distance and keep his memory of their intimate moments close to his heart, but far from his mind. It was good for Haskehirnabah to see that Nananabah was interested and daily chores once again. One morning, as Nenonabot prepared T'hat meal, blue cornmeal mush for her husband and her sons, she was reminded by her father and brothers of the dangers of the Inna the enemy, being close. Several Inay enemies had been spotted by others around their mountain. Nenonabot's mind raced back to the morning she told her children, She would tie their hair tighter than usual to remind them that they needed to be more cautious because of the presence of the enemy. And yet, that was the day her daughters were kidnapped. Nenonabot remembered the entire day vividly. Nenonabot jerked her mind back to the present. As she brushed her hair, she saw the faces of her young daughters in her mind. Without thinking, she placed one end of her oath hair tie, in her mouth. Gritting her teeth, she tightly wound the other end of her oath around her gently folded hair and tied her hair up in a tziyel, traditional bun, making it tighter than usual. Her scalp hurt from her hair being tied so tightly, but Nananabat did not want to take any chances. Her husband needed her. He had endured her silent hurt and rage for many months. Now she wanted to regain her strength and help Hashkeh Yilnabah during his time as a war leader. Ninanabat's nephew and nieces gathered around her as she began her walk toward the sheep corral. The sheepherders were on horseback. They had taken most of the sheep out already. A soft breeze carried the smell of the sheep and the manure close to Nananaba as she walked. Another breeze stirred the scent of the yucca root she used to wash her hair. Once again, she was reminded of the need to be cautious because of the presence of the enemy. Ninanabat gently massaged her scalp, wondering if she had tied her tsiyeh too tight. Dota yeigopes at e. No, it is better that it be tied real tight. Shina ba akun akonsendo. I will be more cautious of my environment, she breathed softly. In the few days that Ninanabat had begun to follow, and care for their sheep, she began to favor an old goat that was slower than the rest of the flock. She noticed he made a funny sound when he bleated. The first day she spent out with the sheep, she noticed the old goat because the children laughed at the way he bleated and threw rocks at him trying to get him to walk faster. But the old goat took his time following the rest of the flock. By the end of the day, Nenonaba found herself falling behind just to make sure the children did not throw rocks at the old goat. Maybe I take care of him because he is imperfect. The way my world is imperfect, she thought as she slowed down for the old goat who was trying to keep up with the rest of the herd. One morning, Nananaba and the children removed the logs that penned up the opening to the smaller sheep corral. She looked for the old goat. For his safety, she made sure he was kept separate from the rest of the herd, so she kept him with the young lambs and kid goats in the smaller corral. Her goat found her. He brushed up against her as if he was greeting her, and slowly followed the rest of the flock out of the corral, the sheep and goats seemed happy to be free to roam as they stretched their hind legs by kicking them up into the air as they headed for the hill. The old goat slowly followed, making his funny bleeding sound. Nananabot thought about the reason the old goat had made such an impression on her. K- is a. Maybe it is because this old goat does not bleat the way the other goats do that I take care of him, she wondered, as the old goat wandered from one sagebrush plant to another and nibbled. When he bleated, it sounded like a person saying, Hey, 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 instead of Meh. Further, when he bleated, he sounded as if he was out of breath. Ninanaba allowed her thoughts to visit the first day she followed the sheep to the watering hole once again. When she heard the old goat bleat for the first time, she giggled, and then her giggling turned to laughter. By the end of the day, the goat had a name. The old one who would fall behind became his name. Every day since then the old goat would bleat to make his presence known. Ninanaba kept a watchful eye on him because he fell behind so often and she did not want him mistreated by the children. One day Ninanaba and the women decided to take their herd toward the eastern direction the direction Nenonabot avoided. It was the same direction she saw her children take the sheep when her daughters were kidnapped. It had not been raining much, and so the vegetation close to their home was picked over by the herd, so they decided to go as far as the next nearest hill. Nenonabot could hear her nephew's and niece's voices as they followed her, She told them to stay close to her and the herd while they were out this far. And for the time being, they did. Nananabot settled under a tree after the flock had filled themselves on the fresh sagebrush leaves. They were now resting under the shade of the trees. She took out her bundle of wool once she made sure the children were safe and began to spin the newly carded wool. She hummed the song she used to hear as a child when the Nabeho women spun wool. Enjoyment of the memories of her childhood and that of her children came to an abrupt halt when Ninanaba realized she could not hear the voices of the children or the women. Panicking, she jumped up, ran out from under the tree, and saw the children playing below. The women had taken their flock to a nearby hill. Nenanabak whistled to the children and to the herd and saw only a few sheep raise their heads toward her call. Again she whistled, and the sheep began to walk toward her. When the children noticed the movement of the herd, they too began walking toward her. When they were within hearing distance, The told them they should not have forgotten the warnings of the men and told them to direct the flock toward their home. She looked for the sheep herders. They were looking for sheep that may have wandered away from the herd. The children ran ahead of the herd to keep them together. As the began to follow the herd, she remembered her favorite old goat, Jehenditahisanath. Just as Nananabot turned back to look for him, she saw a shadow from the corner of her eye. A short man, possibly a Mexican, held a rope. In an instant, he threw the rope over her head and pulled it. Then Nananabot felt the rope slide down around her knees and legs. He then jerked the rope tight, knocking her off of her feet. Quickly, the man fell on top of her, crushing her with his weight. She could hear the words of her husband and her son warning her of this. She did not have time to think about her plight. She reached for her spindle and poked the man in the face with her spindle as hard as she could. She noticed blood running out of his eye and down his cheek. Angered, the man tried to tie her up but found her to be much stronger than he anticipated. He hoarsely whispered to her in his language, possibly telling her that he would kill her after his amigos had their way with her once he was done with her. Nenonabot was sure he intended to force her to leave with him to rejoin the men he had been traveling with. Frantically, Nenonabot felt the ground around her hoping to find a rock with which to crush the face of her enemy, but found none. Instead, in fury, she grabbed some sand, pebbles, dried juniper berries, anything she could get her hands on, and threw them in her attacker's face. But most of what she threw in his face came back down to rain on her own face. Her attacker half laughed and half grunted, "'At her in anger. "'His strength seemed to rise with her resistance. "'She tried kicking at him, but the rope held her legs tight. "'The man loosened the rope with one hand and then yanked at it. "'Pain shot up her leg as the rope burned the delicate skin behind her knees. "'With her knees tied together, "'Ninanabot used both knees to cause her attacker to lose his balance, but the action caused her bil-e rug dress to rise up on her legs, uncovering skin no other man had seen but her husband. She then reminded herself of her daughters, and the thought of her daughter seemed to increase her strength. The man pushed up on her dress with one hand and began to settle on her. With the other hand, he loosened the long belt that held up his pants. Once again, Nananaba frantically reached up around her head to find anything she could get her fingers around to throw at her attacker. But all she could feel was sand and small pebbles and juniper berries. Nananaba was surprised she had this much fight in her. As the stranger fought with Nananaba, he fumbled with his belt to fully loosen his pants exposing his front as he held her down. He then tried pushing her knees apart with his own legs, but her legs were held tight by the rope. Ninanaba found her kensai, moccasins with leggings rather heavy and cumbersome, and tried to kick her attacker off, but he was too high on her thighs. Pushing herself away from him, she found herself even more incapacitated when her Tsi hair bun became caught on a bush. She tried turning her head, but her hair only became more entangled. Ninanabat could not believe the sagebrush had become an ally of her enemy. She felt betrayed by her environment and became angrier and began to throw more sand in the man's face but once again, most of it came raining back down on her face. It would be so easy to scream, but she did not want her nephews and nieces to remember her this way. And besides, her daughters probably did not have time to scream, and so she fought her enemy in silence. Nananaba felt the rope become loose. She became nauseated when she felt her attacker's hairy legs against hers as he began to lower himself so he could force his way into her. Just when the stranger was about to get the best of Nananaba Ba and have his way with her, she heard someone hoarsely say, Hey, hey, hey. Her attacker grunted, looked around, and began to quickly back off of her while his lower body held her down by his weight. He quickly looked around but saw no one. Once again, he threw himself down on her, determined to have his way with her. Again, they heard someone say, Hey, hey, hey. Ninanabat saw the man turn away from her, and as he did, she found her spindle, then grabbed it and jabbed the long end of her spindle into her attacker's ear. Her attacker looked at her in disbelief, looked toward the sky, then awkwardly tumbled off of her. With the long end of the spindle deep in his ear, her attacker grasped at the air in confusion as dust rose around him. Ninanabot frantically tore at the bush that held her hair, pulling the bush out by its root. Petrified and with her legs exposed, Nenonabot looked around and saw no one but her old goat, Ch'ehndetai He stood at a distance and once again began to bleat hoarsely, Hey, hey, hey. Her attacker tried standing up from his kneeling position, then clumsily pointed at the goat in disbelief and fell over with a loud thud. Nenonabot weakly sat up, then used the branches of the nearby tree to pull herself up. She began to cry. She was crying for her daughters and crying for herself. Sobs shook her body as her imagination wildly raced. She felt that she got a glimpse of what her daughters had endured and what they were possibly experiencing at that moment. Ninanabat dragged herself to her goat, hugged it, and cried. Her goat stood patiently at her side as she held it and whispered words of gratitude in its ear. Once she regained her strength, she looked for the children. She saw them near the top of the hill returning home. Ninanabat weakly whistled at them. They turned around and waved at her and continued gathering up the herd. She whistled the whistle that signaled danger and warning. She was worried for their safety. Her mind raced. What if this man is not alone? They travel in large groups. Once again, an whistled danger that commanded the children to make the herd run. The children looked in her direction, questioning her command. They had been told many times not to make the sheep run after they had had a full day of eating and drinking water. Aldo de du in. Don't make the sheep and goats run, you will make them skinny. There will be no meat left on their bones, the children had been told many times, but they knew Ninanaba was always good to them, and they obeyed her as they hurried the herd up and over the hill. Ninanaba suddenly became very weak. Her dress was so heavy, her moccasins and leggings were very heavy. Even her hair felt heavy as her hair bun fell loose to one side. Her emotions resulting from her experience came in waves. She wanted so desperately to be in the safety of her hoan. She looked up and saw the hill that rose slightly which to Nenana stood as tall as a mountain, separating her from her home. Nenana heart sank, and she felt faint when she heard the sound of many horses running. She could not see them, but the sound of the pounding hooves was becoming louder, signifying they were running in her direction. She looked behind her and saw the body of the strange man with her spindle sticking out of his ear. Blood was running out of his ear and his nose. Behind him was the stout tree, surrounded by many bushes. There was nowhere to hide except under the tree. Nenanabot grabbed her goat by the horns and began to quickly push him toward the tree, forcing her chendetai to run. She could not believe he saved her life, with his funny bleat she wanted him to be quiet now she could not allow the enemy to take her after all she had just been through shaking and weak Nananabot crawled under the lowest branch and wrestled the goat onto its side by grabbing and hanging onto his horns sensing danger her goat lay quietly beside her The rider stopped near her attacker's body. She heard footsteps coming closer. Nananabot heard the most beautiful sound she had ever heard. Her sons were yelling at the other riders, telling them of the fate of the stranger. Wildly, they began looking for their mother. They followed her tracks and found her crouched under the tree, petrified and unable to move. Slowly and gently, they helped their mother crawl out from under the tree. The goat was also pulled out from under the tree. The wild look in Ninanabot's eyes warned her sons not to question her. Her oldest son jumped back on his horse and rode bareback up the hill, making shrill noises as he rode. Her youngest son steadied his mother as he hugged her tightly. Shemma, my mother, Shemma, was all she heard. In her weak state, Nenanabat leaned on her son for strength. Her fingers gripped his leather shirt and held part of his skin in her grip. He winced, but did not complain. He was so glad his mother was alive. He could hardly bear the thought of having to tell his father about what had happened to their mother. Realizing his mother was very weak, her son lovingly and gently picked up Nenana and carried her up the hill as one of the other riders placed the old goat on his horse. The rest of the riders followed Nenana and her son to ensure their safety. One rider returned to gather the bundle of wool Nenonabot had been spinning. Reverently, he carried it while he led the horses up the hill. Once home, Nenonabot ran straight for her mother's hogan and threw herself into her mother's arms and stayed there, quietly crying for the remainder of the day. She kept telling her mother she had gotten a glimpse of what her daughters went through not—they were still babies when they were kidnapped, she wailed, and at that thought she would begin crying uncontrollably again. Nenana mother just sat and held her daughter and stroked her daughter's hair as silent tears ran down her own face. Slowly she picked pieces of the sagebrush plant, little pebbles, and dirt out of Nananabot's hair. The bittersweet scent of the yucca plant still lingered in Nananabot's hair. When darkness fell, the sounds of horses' hoofs running on soft sand was heard. Nananabot's father came running in and asked his wife where Nananabot was. Buhanda dosa tada. She is not at her hogan, he said loudly. When he was told where she was, he ran back out to bring in Hashke Yitnaba. Ninanabat's mother retold the sketchy events of the day. Without a word, Hashke Yisnaba gathered Ninanabat in his arms and held her murmuring soft words in her ear. All that could be heard was Hashkeyithnapa, saying, Shiyaja, Shiyaja, Shiyazha, my little one, my little one, my little one. As the shock wore off, Naba asked Nenonabat to return to their Hohan, where their sons were waiting. She weakly gathered her bundle of wool and allowed her husband to lead her out the door. Once outside, Ashkayil gathered her into his arms and said, I love you, my little one. He held her and kissed her hair as he carried her to their home. Inside the safety of their Hogan, Ninanabat cried as she retold the events of the day in more detail. She told how she looked into the eyes of the enemy. It was the memory of the loss of my daughters that made me stronger. I fought with the enemy and killed one of the enemy. She said in between sobs, vowed never to leave her alone again, that they had to hire some young men to watch over her and her brother's wives and children. Nenonabot's mother came in with pots containing herbs, soaking in warm water. She brought the herbal water to bathe Nenonabot so as to erase the presence of the enemy Ninanabat listened as her mother sang songs and voiced prayers throughout the night. Heshkei and the men built a fire outside, around which they sang and voiced prayers, thanking the creator for the safety of Nenonabat. The next day, the men built a fire to warm rocks for the Trache Sweat Hogan. The women prepared Ninanaba for entrance into the Trache. In the Trache, Ninanaba was prayed over and songs were sung on her behalf to erase the memory of the traumatic event and to erase the effects of the death of the enemy. Once back in her home, still shaking and weak, Ninanaba asked to go outside with her later that night. Instead of walking in the same direction they usually walked, she wanted to go to the sheep corral. Once there, they looked for the goat that saved her life. The sheep and goats began to stir and bleat loudly, for this was an unusual visit. As the sheep and goats walked around in circles, Ninanaba spotted the goat. She called to him, and he began to inch his way over to her along with the rest of the herd. They could clearly hear him, bleating his, Hey, 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 bleat as he came closer to be near them. Hashkeithnaba laughed at the sound the goat made. He patted the goat on the head as a way of saying, Ahyeha, thank you. Once again, he silently vowed not to take his wife for granted. He loved her, and he admired her for her strength. He also silently vowed to continue to look for their daughters so they could see them once again. After having attended their first leadership gathering of the season, Hashkeyif invited two young families and several strong warriors to join his family to watch over his wife and mother-in-law and to care for the livestock